I read for fun and I don't ever want it to be date driven. And NetGalley can definitely bring that up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today we are going to explore the bookish world through Bookstagram and more. I'm talking with Erica from handle sand underscore between underscore pages. Here's what Erica had to say about herself. Quote, Hi, I'm Erica. I'm an instructional designer at a small college, a mom to three rowdy reading boys, a fandom lover, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, a cupcake connoisseur, a dog petter, a NaNoWriMo writer, and an avid reader. I was born in Colorado, then lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and now I reside in St. Augustine, Florida. Aside from reading books, I like to swim, spend time with my family, and go to the ocean. Close quote. The ocean sounds like so much fun, Erica. Anyway, that was Erica's introduction in her own words. And before I start this conversation, real quick housekeeping. This talk is divided into two parts, so I can keep the episodes a moderate length. This is part one of two, and here's Erica. Erica, welcome to the Living a Life Through Books podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to be here. Yay. So I want to talk, first off, how did you get to 5,000 followers on Instagram? What's your <laughs> secret? Oh, um I don't know honestly I really don't I um the numbers you know I don't I don't pay a whole lot of attention to them Mm -hmm. um so it always kind of surprises me too Uh uh-huh you know when I started it was because I had been posting way too much about books on my personal account okay you know I just obviously not everyone there is for books so why not, right? I agree. Why not? <laughs> Everyone should be. Right. Um, so I just, I made an account just dedicated strictly to books. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're there too. The community is extremely welcoming and everyone's geeking out about books just like we are. So, you know, just after a year of, I just try and be authentic mm-hmm. and myself and get to know people. And I think that over time, it just gets to that point where you have a big account because you've been doing it for a while. You know, I've been on for over a year, so I've just okay. been at it for a while. Okay. So yeah. what does a big account get you as far as ARCs, ALCs? What does, sure. what are the yeah. perks of it? And, you know, and I, I honestly think big is so relative because there's so many people that have you know, over 10,000 followers for me being where I'm at. Um, you know, my whole goal is always, was always to just share books. I've been on Goodreads for a really long time, but, um, you get a lot more engagement in Instagram right Right now. The, the kinds of, I guess, things I get is I, I've been active on NetGalley. So a lot of times if I get, I get an arc through NetGalley, I'll um, 
I'll email a publisher and say, hey, I, I was granted this on NetGalley, but could I get a physical copy? It's just easier for me to read those and take oh, pictures. Oh, wow. So although so, you actually have the ARC, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll contact the publisher. Like, it's not like, oh, I didn't get this book on NetGalley. Let me co- contact the publisher. This is like a double kind of a thing. Sure. I mean, um, I think it could go both ways. Me personally, like I'm very, I don't want to go on NetGalley and request everything because I don't want to miss pub dates. So I'm very specific about what I want. If I, if I'm really anticipating the book or I've read the author in the past and I really liked them, Uh then I'll request a copy. And, and if I don't, and if I have to, if I read it on my Kindle, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. But it's so much easier on Instagram to promote a book if you have a hard copy. I'm also part of Libro FM's ALC program. Okay. I don't, I think the requirements for them is having a thousand followers and then you can apply for that. And if you like audio books, it's a good deal. I applied for it, but I only have 400 followers. They never sent me anything that said, oops, sorry, you don't have enough followers. They didn't even send a reject which would be better because if they told me, hey, this is what you're shooting for, that would be great. Sure. sure. Yeah. So um, I, I've heard that through the grapevine. I don't know that for sure. I just, I listen to audiobooks on my commute. So I was like, well, this is great. I, I've heard so many great things about Libro FM. They are in partnership with like indie bookstores, proceeds go towards them. So I thought this is fabulous so far I haven't been let down I just finished an audiobook this morning from them mm-hmm. and it was really good so do they have their own app yes and can you speed up the books and all of that just like yep just like audible or whatever else I haven't used a ton I've used audible I've used EBSCO host um which is like library books um, okay but I really like Libro FM I like what okay. it stands for so. Okay. The EBSCO host, I have not heard of that because a lot of us use Libby. Right. Um, so I work at a university and they, their books, their audio books are through EBSCO host. So okay. I don't know if it's just, yeah, just, it was one book I listened to last year. Okay. So it's just another app. Yeah, essentially. Okay. So you have several audiobook apps. Yep. And then on your ebooks, I'm guessing it's Kindle and iBooks or just Kindle? Um, yeah, I pretty much just do Kindle. Um, mm-hmm. If I buy an ebook, it's probably going to be a Mobi file. Or if I get it from NetGalley, I have it set up to send to Kindle. So, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a bit about NetGalley. Okay. Because yeah. I just started NetGalley. A couple of months ago. But when I say started it, I'm kind of like watching for a bit before I even requested books. And then my friend's like, you know, you have to request books first. And I said, yeah, I know I'm waiting for the time to be right. She goes, even if you request books, you may not get them. Right. I was like, oh. And then I started requesting books and then I started getting as many rejects. Yes, absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. How do you build a NetGalley, I guess, following, a NetGalley, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, so I'm relatively new to NetGalley as well, but I started, I don't remember 
uh, I've had an account for a while, but I was like you, I felt kind of intimidated uh -huh. as you know, you, I read for fun and I don't ever want it to be date driven and net galley can mm -hmm. definitely bring that up a, a, okay. more of a date driven thing. Um, so, you know, if, there's some big titles, like there's some big authors that come out. I mm -hmm. think when you immediately start NetGalley, if you request those, you're probably not going to get them. Right. Because, you know, the publisher, you don't have any stats yet. They want to see that you have a high, I think the recommended rating is 80%, that you are responsible that when you get titles, you're providing feedback. That's the whole point of NetGalley is to give those authors feedback. Mm -hmm. So I think starting off with books that are in the read now column, that you can sort of build up your percentage is a mm -hmm. good way to go. I think also you have to have a really good profile, which is kind of hard, like writing a bio. Right. Just one of my friends started NetGalley a few weeks ago, and she's like, what did you do for this bio part? Right. And I, and I was like, well, you've got to be specific. You want to say who you are, introduce yourself, what kind of things you like to read, where you post your reviews, whether it's just Instagram or Goodreads or mm -hmm have maybe a blog or you have a podcast that's so very unique uh -huh. um, but publishers seem to want to know that you're going to post your reviews you're going to share the crap out of your books that you're reading they want you to promote their books so I think having a profile that shows people shows the publisher this is what I'm going to do I'm not just reading this because I want a free book I'm reading it because I'm sincere about promoting this book is kind of a way to go yeah but so the last Two, well, I wouldn't say the last two books. The first two books I ever got from NetGalley, mm -hmm. which is also the last two books I read from NetGalley, sure. were, eh. Yeah. They were like three stars. Sure. And I'm kind of like, really? Yeah. Okay. So, and, and you're talking about a publisher wanting us to promote a book. I'm not going to promote a book that's just... Whatever. Absolutely. Um, don't be afraid to DNF. I don't ever lie. If I don't like a book, I don't like it. I've, D I've DNF'd, which is do not finish, plenty of NetGalley titles. I'll write my feedback. I'll say thanks so much for the book. I really appreciate it. Um, but I'm not going to lie. This wasn't for me. And here's why. I think you can't ever, you, you just have to be honest. Um, you're not going to like every book. And I think when you're really starting out in NetGalley, you're getting books from more, um, there's definitely going to be some books that are just, you just don't like, and I'm trying to phrase it the best way I can. Right. Sure. I, I ran into that in the beginning as well. Uh-huh. Just take some time. Kind of like a little trick that I've used and I know other people have to, to get your percentage rating up there and get some, it, it is reading the kid books that are already available there. Um, the reason I say this is because they're very fast mm -hmm. and you can request them and you can get feedback right away. And it just kind of buffers up your percentage rating. Um, and plus, I mean, that feedback is utilized by them too. Would a kid like this book? Would they be able to read it? I have three kids. So for me, like, I'm like, would my sons enjoy this? Uh, so it's just kind of a way you can bolster your percentages and then you can start requesting the titles that you're more, you want to read. Oh, wow. I never considered that. Read a kid book. I'm trying to remember who gave me that tip so I can give them credit. 
I can't remember right now, but yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of fun because then you have that and you can read it to your, you know, if you have kids or you can just look at it through their eyes. Like, should this be published as a kid book? Would they like it? I mean, I am a pediatric dentist. Oh, okay. So it is good to know what kid books are coming up. And I could talk to kids who like to read books going, hey, there is this book that's coming up. So it does help also. Right. And it doesn't have the time commitment of a regular novel. Right. Especially if you're not going to like that novel. I mean, there's so many good books. You don't want to waste your time on something that you're just not interested in. Right. So tell me about the DNF on the NetGalley. How does that affect your rating? How does it affect my... Your rating, your review rate. Like, so if I'm reading a book and I'm kind of 10% in and I'm like, eh, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to finish it. And I, what do I do? Just hit DNF and say, I'm not finishing it. You just got to send feedback and it won't kill your rating. Um, So just like you would do with a normal book you finished, you, like, like I said, um, like I was saying, I'll hit provide feedback and I'll say thanks to the publisher and NetGalley for providing me this arc for review. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to like it, but here's why I didn't. And you know, I've never been penalized for that. So. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, the books I finished, they were three stars. I mean, mm-hmm. then again, I've, I'm getting into this book world a little late. I mean, I'm not, I haven't been reading a million books. So sure. my star ratings I've noticed in the last year, when I first started, everything was five stars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then now it's like four and now I'm kind of like three, two, I, which is weird because all the three stars now would have been five stars sure. two years ago. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm reading this book from NetGalley. I read it and it's like, eh, it's okay. I'll finish it. I'm curious right. enough to know the ending. I don't care as much, right. but I'm curious enough. And it's three stars. I could have DNF'd it too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on what you want. And, and I agree, as I, the more I read, the more discernible my tastes become. Yeah. Whereas I was much different when I read books 10 years ago. Um, you know, I pretty much liked everything. Now I'm a lot more nitpicky because you're just reading so much more. You see how a really great book is separated from an okay book. Right. Um, so, yeah, I can relate to that for sure. Have you read uh, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? I have. Yeah. What did you think of that? I loved it. I thought okay. it was a great book. Um, I, that was my first Taylor Jenkins read book. Oh, really? It was, yeah. I haven't read Daisy Jones. I haven't read anything else by her. I was very impressed with her writing. She's succinct. She can say a lot without uh-huh. using a lot of unnecessary words. I always really admire authors that can get to the point. Uh-huh. Um, and the story's great. I mean, it's a story about love and it's not, you know, it's, it's an, it's a love that you have to accept that not everyone always has in history. And I like how it was highlighted in that book Mm -hmm. and the way that, you know, there was so many great one-liners. Obviously, Evelyn is an extremely likable character in my opinion. For me, she was. Okay. Um, There was definitely intrigue because you got little hints of what was to come and that there was something that we didn't know 
right at the end and I don't want to give it away right right no 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 I loved it I thought it was a great book okay no the reason I ask is because I read Daisy Jones first okay I think I read Daisy Jones a few months ago okay and then everyone swore by Evelyn uh, Evelyn Hugo and I'm kind of like okay I'll read it and Uh I'm working on it and I wasn't blown away. Daisy Jones blew me away, but I wasn't blown away. I was kind of like, I go back and forth. There are times I'm going, I don't like this book, actually. It's, it, it's not worth the hype. And then there's, on the flip side, I'll sit going, no, think about it. It was well done. Look at all the, the way the structure goes and the characters. And, the, and I'm going, oh, yeah, it's a great book. And then sure. the next minute I'll go, it really wasn't what the hype was it. I mean, seriously, it's a love yeah. story. Hey, I just, no book has ever done this to me. And then I sit and think the fact that you're still thinking about a book and you're arguing it in your head has to, you have to give the book some credit for a book to be doing that to you. That's what I think. I mean, if it's staying with you and it's obviously very thought provoking, then I mean, there's a lot of books I read that I don't think about ever again. I forget them. But right. Evelyn Hugo, you don't forget it. Right. So yeah. I have a bone to pick with you. Okay. I have been stalking your Bookstagram account. Okay. And um, you rated Beartown higher than A Little Life. I saw that and I go, oh! Be still my heart. She did not. I I think I gave them both five stars. I know, but in the in the um I think the end of your year mm-hmm. you were oh, sure. rate, you were rating it oh, like yeah. your top, I don't know, ten books of the year or whatever. I uh-huh. think Beartown was three and Little Life was four or yeah. four mm-hmm. and five. And right there I was kind of like, why is Little Life? in the four, three or four, it should be one or two. So sure. I was kind of like, oh my God, I want to find out what the heck happened here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, so last year I read a lot of great books. So okay. in the first place, it's hard to just, it's hard to narrow it down. It took me a long time to even select. I mean, there are so many books I love. Um, I think A Little Life is one of the best books I've obviously ever read because it is, I mean, obviously you've read it, so you understand, but it's hard to rank them because when you take a book like A Little Life and you take a book like Beartown, they're drastically different. Yes. It's apples and oranges. So I kind of trust my gut and it doesn't, when I rank them, it doesn't mean that I think one is better than the other. I think it's more that it made how it made me feel you know what I mean so like my the top book I read last year was 11 um it was my first Stephen King book and it just stayed with me for a really long time and I think that I just when I think of that book I feel so good because it's hard because they're all so different. I mean, I have the flat chair in my top 12, which is, it's a romantic comedy. So you, how can you compare that to a book like Beartown? I mean, they're just so different. Right. That 
it just comes down to how did I feel after I read it? How uh-huh. long did it stay with me? You know, mm-hmm. a little life, it's hard because it's such an emotional read. It's one of the heaviest books I've ever read in my life. Oh, so yes. While, while I recognize that it's brilliant, it's, it just is like, I would never read it again. I couldn't put myself through it again because it's so heavy. It's, you know, I just couldn't. I know what happened. I don't want to relive it. I don't want to relive what happened to Jude or to Willem. I just, I couldn't. But I recognize that the writing is brilliant. It's a book that I'll recommend to people that I think would like that kind of story. Mm-hmm. But, and I, so to answer your question, I don't think Beartown is a better book, but at uh-huh. the end of the day, it's one that I enjoyed more. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Because for me, I love Backman. Absolutely. I have read all his books. Like every awesome. single one of his books. And I, more than his stories, I love his style. It's very friendly. Uh-huh. It's just very chill. The way he describes things, I, I feel like he's sitting in front of me and we're just having a conversation. That's how I feel about Bachman. Right. And, and I just love his books. And Uva, oh my gosh. Was crying. Yeah, I love Uva. Yeah, I was crying for I don't know how long after Uva, you know, and that that was it. That was that was it for me, Backman. And so I thought for someone like me who loves Backman and would follow him to the moon and back, I would still put a little life above him. Right. So when when I saw that, I was going, wait a minute. Okay, I love Backman and I love Bear Town. Uh-huh. But but yeah, it makes sense. It, it makes sense what you're saying. Right. And it makes sense what you're saying. And, and that's kind of what's fascinating about our community is, you know, seeing how people react to books that you love and how they place them. I mean, you know, one of my favorite things to do after I read a book and write a review for it is I like to read other people's reviews after that. I, I don't usually do it beforehand because I don't like to be influenced. Right. But I, but I love to do it after. And sometimes when I love a book and I see someone else's hasn't I'm like how but I mean that's kind of the beauty of the community is seeing everyone else's thoughts and why they did or did not like it and I mean it's that's what's the best thing about bookstagram is this doesn't happen in my real my real life but I can go to this community where I have thousands of people that have read the same books that have such different opinions and open my eyes to different things for sure Mm -hmm. do you have a book club where you're at um, like an, an in-person one. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's yeah. the same thing, right? I mean, you have people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, books that I really didn't like. I have a friend that I actually just hung out with last night and she might love them. And I think that's, that's great. That's fine. You know, I uh-huh. mean, I think uh, reading a book can be such a personal experience. Mm-hmm. So especially books that I love sometimes, you know, if someone doesn't love them, like, how I mean you, you can almost get offended but you just have to remember like right I mean that's why we have so many different genres and authors is because everyone's so different yeah my nephew sent me a message saying oh that Ove character <laughs> yeah that's not doing it for me I'm not yeah. reading and I'm going oh oh mm-hmm. <gasps> reading about uva and and get the name right it's 
over, not over. <laughs> Screaming at him. Like, like, so offended, I but I mean, to each their own. Right, to each their own. I mean, that book really gripped me too, but I had my mom read it right after and she was like, I don't really get the big deal. So, I mean, it's just kind of like, all right, well, <laughs> you know, and yeah, to each their own. Everyone likes something different. Some people like to keep it light. They like reading as an escape. I like to read really long, heavy, character-driven novels. And then I'll complain. I have a friend, I complain about it to him. I'm like, oh, I'm reading such a sad book. He's like, read happier books. And I'm like, no, that's not the point. Like, I want right. to read this book, but I'm just sad about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting story. I um, I read The Kite Runner okay. years ago. Okay, years ago. And after Kite Runner, I couldn't recover from it. Like mm-hmm. I just could not recover from it, and I I just couldn't. When someone said, "Oh, this is a heavy book," blah blah blah, I just I was like, "Nope, nope, no, no." Mm-hmm. And then, without knowing anything, here I am. I read a little life, and I'm like, I can handle anything now. Yeah, bring it on. Like, I mean, after a little life, yeah, it doesn't. I'm like it, kite runners, like, right? I mean, a little life has no reprieve. I think there's like um, a section of that book called The Good Years, and those aren't that good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> heavy. it's like, man, I thought we were gonna get a break here, and but you care so much about those characters I mean the way you feel about Willem and Jude I mean oh my gosh and that's why it's such a good book oh I love the what was it when they were on the was it on the subway train and they're talking about how Jude has to meet Harold and they wanted to have this meeting with him and they're like, oh my gosh, what, what is this all about? Why are they having this meeting? And then it's the cutest scene because they're talking about, oh, they're going away and they're going to, uh, what is that? Some, uh, they just come up with these crazy uh, thoughts about what yeah. the meeting could be. Sure. And for a moment, it's actually funny. Right. And you're laughing, but that's like, very rare in that book. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the only little bit of reprieve I remember from that book. Right. Is that one paragraph where they were going back and forth imagining the craziest things and I'm laughing. Right. And um but anyway, how do you handle your TBR? Um, you know, I don't really make one. Like I have books that I want to read, mm-hmm. but and I'll commit to buddy reads at the beginning of a month. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what guides me. So like this month I have a buddy read for the holdout okay. uh, and the glass castle, which luckily I've already read. So I'm good there. But um, I just, you know, I always want to keep reading, reading for fun. So mm-hmm. I try not to obligate myself to certain books because I want to read what I'm in the mood for, you know, essentially, so that's another reason why I don't over request on NetGalley because I just don't want anyone but myself to dictate what I'm going to read. I have a lot of books unread, but I figure I'm going to read what I want when I want. If there's a backlist book that I wanted to read and it's time, that's great. If there's something new coming up that has a lot of hype that sounds good to me, then I'll do that too. I just go with my emotions and my mood. 
Okay. Speaking of emotions and mood, how do you handle the TBR based on, I'm sure you get ARCs, right? From publishers also just. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Okay. So Um, let's just, let's just talk about ARCs. How many ARCs do you get? Like how many books just show up at your door without you even knowing they're showing up? And then how do you handle that? Um, you know, I, I don't get a ton just showing up. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times if I'm getting an arc, it's because I've requested it. Um, most recently, like I applied as a, to be in a campaign with book sparks and I didn't know I got in. So those books just started showing up and I was like, Whoa, okay. Um, but just going back to not wanting this, I I have a full-time job. I have three children. So as much as I think it's really cool when people are getting these hot new releases and these arcs, it's just not my goal. Like I like them. I love when I have something that I'm excited to read. Uh-huh. Um, I just finished an arc yesterday, Darling Rose Gold. It's because I really wanted to read it. So I requested it. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm not, I definitely won't be the person that starts requesting arcs to have arcs. Like I only want them if they, if I want to read them. If I don't want to read them, then I'm not going to request them. And if if one day books just start showing up at my door, that's great. But the publisher has sent them to me because they wanted to. And if I don't get to them, it's just life. You know, it's just this isn't my full time job. It's it's a fun thing for me to do on this side. So you haven't really signed up with any publishers. I've partnered with Harper Perennial and Berkeley. But with them, it's still very much like they're not just sending me everything. Okay. Or like if I want it, we'll communicate about it or I'll request it. And then, you know, not always everything gets granted. Right. mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Did you get any... Did you get any books from Celadon? And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. The reason I ask this is I've talked to a couple of people who are NetGalley members. Mm-hmm. And apparently Celadon books just randomly showed up to their door. Now, okay. I contacted Celadon mm-hmm. on Instagram. Okay. And they sent me a link to apply to their program for ARCs. Oh, cool. And then they sent me a book this January. Nice. So I got one ARC. I don't know how many more I'm getting, but mm-hmm. at least I got one that just showed up. Right. But a lot of people are like, oh no, I never applied for Celadon. Celadon just keeps sending me stuff. Sure. Um, you know, I don't work with them, so I can't speak to, and I mean, I've definitely read some really great Celadon books, but Mm -hmm. I don't have any kind of partnership with them. I would imagine that people that are just getting them are probably people that have written reviews about Celadon books and maybe Uh noticed it and just really liked it. So they want to keep, um, up that relationship. Uh, I, I don't really know how it works. I think when you get to a certain amount of, like if you have over 10,000 followers, you're probably going to get, a pub- publishers are probably going to start reaching out to you because you obviously oh, have right. a very wide network and you have influence. 
Um, one of my favorite bookstagrammers, Caitlin Bookcase Beauty. If you don't follow her, you should. She's great. Okay. But she's got a beautiful account. She's very authentic. Okay. She gives very honest reviews. So, you know, if I was a publisher, I'd reach out to her. Can I send you this? Because I know you're going to showcase my book beautifully. So you're going to, you're going to get the crowd that loves aesthetics, but you're also going to get the crowd that loves reviews too, because you write a Mm -hmm. great review and you're honest. So that's my, that's my thinking there. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Have you ever looked at my account or my reviews or anything like that? And what are your thoughts? You know, we follow each other. So yes. um, I don't follow everyone that I, that follows me, but it's not anything. Um, it's not anything personal, but I follow accounts that I feel like we're going to be able to have a discourse about. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, of course, of course I have. I, I, or I wouldn't follow you. Right, right, right. But what do you think? I mean, have you read any of my reviews and. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I think that you're very articulate and obviously we have a somewhat similar, um, book taste mm-hmm. and yeah, I enjoy Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason the reason I ask is because I am still new sure. to Bookstagram. I'm yes, I've been here for a year, but I've been so busy mm-hmm. with the podcast world also, so balancing my mm-hmm. time and being new to this. And I'm starting the whole review process. Sure. And I came to understand that writing reviews is not as easy as it seems. Because when I, when I sat down to write, I'm going, oh, well, what do I say? What are your thoughts right. on writing reviews? Like when you look at a book, yeah. what are, what, how do you review a book? Well, what, what is your rating scale? And when you sure. actually write a review, what do you uh, come up with? And how do you yeah. come up with that? Okay. Um, yeah. So in my reviews, I try not to state, restate the synopsis very much. Okay. I feel like people can read that. Um, okay. You know, I might say a little bit, a little summary, but I mostly just try to focus on what I liked and what I didn't like. Okay. Um, I definitely reread my reviews to make sure I don't have a lot of typos or anything. I think that's always important. As far as how I rate, I definitely Mm -hmm. do like one to five star and DNFs. I don't DNF a ton, but I do here and there. A one star, you know, will be if I just hated a book. I didn't, I I didn't like what it stood for. I didn't like the message. If I hated it, I'll one star it. It's very rare for me to do that. A five star is something that I couldn't put down. I thought was thought provoking. Mm -hmm. Um, I just loved, there wasn't Mm -hmm. anything I could really find fault with. Um, I think a three-star rating is still decent. I liked that book. It was fine. Mm -hmm. Will I revisit it? No, probably not, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Four stars are the hardest because I really liked that book, but maybe there was something about it that just kept it from being a five-star for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't say my ratings are down to like a scientific anything I just kind of always go with my gut if I finished a book and it it really emotionally swept me up it's probably going to get a higher rating um I tend to rate books higher that evoke emotion from me if Uh like at any point teary-eyed or just really happy or whatever or the characters I'm thinking about even when I'm not reading the book Mm -hmm. then I'll probably give it a higher rating um okay 
and yeah, I mean, I just try to be super honest in my reviews and just say what I liked and, you know, what, what it made me feel, what it made me think. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you do a half a rating at all or? Yeah. Sometimes I will do that. Yeah. And like I said, it's not very scientific. Like I I know people are really good at like saying what each star is and, and categorizing it. Um, for me, it's just kind of, you know, and it's hard because you don't want to compare to other books too. And right. Like I finished Darling Rose Gold yesterday and then I finished Una Out of Order today and they're very different. Uh huh. And it's like, well, I enjoyed Una more, but Darling Rose Gold is about Munchenhausen by proxy, whereas Una is about time travel. So, you know, it, okay. it's kind of like you almost need different ratings for different genres. And, you know, I'm reading Undercover Bromance and that's way different than both of those. It's a rom com that's, you know, very light. So it, it's just, it's hard. Uh, so I always just trust my gut. Okay. This was you, a five star read. This wasn't. You talked about a one star read. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a one star read and a DNF? Yeah. So the books that I typically DNF will not be based on plot. They'll be based on writing. If, if okay. I can't read the writing and if it doesn't flow and it's choppy or it's not edited, I, I just have no patience for it. I cannot get through bad writing. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't. A one star, maybe the, it, was, the, it was written fine, but I would have disagreed with the plot or the characters or just the overall message of the book. I read The Last Mrs. Parrish, um, I forget, last year sometime, and I won start it because it wasn't badly written, but I thought the overall message was just awful. So I couldn't give it more than one star without feeling okay. Okay. Which I know a lot of people love that book. I just did not. No, so. no, it's, it's, it's totally it's totally fine. You know, the more I talk to bookstagrammers, the more I feel like I'm coming into myself. That, okay, I can say that I like this about the book and I didn't like this about the book. I'm trying to get there where before I'd be like, I don't want to say this. I don't yeah. want to be negative. I don't want to say anything right. negative. So. Right. I would rather just say three stars. It was fine. Leave me alone. Yeah. (laughs) Rather than go into the detail. And that's it for today. Join us tomorrow for part two, the final part. Before I completely sign off, I do have a request. Do you know someone who would love to listen to this podcast? Please tell one other person to follow the show. It's my listeners and their support that keeps me encouraged and motivated. So thank you for spreading the word. The starting and ending music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavic. And that's it for this time. I'm Dr. Shnaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.